Holy crap. A new introduction to the podcast. But for real, though, the rest of it will come after this. I just want to thank you guys. Um, all the five-star ratings that we're getting on all the podcast apps is awesome. And I appreciate it when I hear people telling me that someone else told them about the podcast. So you guys rock. Uh, listen to the commercials or skip by them. It's cool. And your episode's on its way. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. What up, y'all? We are back here with another episode of the Squared Away podcast. We have uh, a delightful guest I've been chatting with here prior and tried not to get into too much deep stuff so that we don't get it all out before we get to, uh, get to record for you. But I will let Heather go ahead and in her, introduce herself to you guys, and, and then we'll get into it. Hi. So um, my name is Heather Claus. My pronouns are she, hers. I have lived an atypical life. Um, I have, uh, hitchhiked across the country. I've traveled and worked in the carnival for a season. I've roamed New York city with street people. I've explored and taught alternative lifestyles. I live non-monogamously and, um, I am recently an author of a new book called take no shit all about building personal boundaries. Hold on. We got it. Let's, let's take a second. Okay. Let's take a second. Highlight the carnival. Let's take a second. Highlight the year in the carnival. Yeah. What, what, what is that? So <laughs> I, um, I, 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 I'm not great with school. Like I was really bright and whenever I put my mind to it, like I could do things. 
Um, but when I moved across the country with my mother um, to a new school system, I ended up having to do a whole bunch of stuff that I'd already done in my previous school. There was no testing out. And I got bored. This was my should have been my sophomore year in high school. I got bored. So I ended up going to the library and spending my time at the library reading. And then I ended up getting kicked out. And so I decided to hitchhike across the country. And I did that with a friend. And we went to a town that I used to live in. And he met my bestie from that town. And then they fell all like, ooh, into Twitter patient. And I was like, this is boring. So the carnival came through. And I'm like, yes, party time. So I joined the carnival. I was the youngest at 15. And um, I thought it was going to be like a never ending party, you know, everything like, of, of course, it's a carnival, right? Like you got rides and you got games and, you know, traveling all around the country. And um, I ended up with 22 older brothers. Yeah, which in retrospect, I was very lucky, right? Like I was a minor traveling the country alone. They made me call my mother every Sunday just to check in, right? They they didn't let me get a tattoo without my mother's permission and my mother didn't give it. So like <laughs> all in all, it turned out really well, like the best it possibly could have considering. Yeah, like that's not something you would expect in that type of situation. You would expect like yeah. child be taken advantage of and end up, traffic yeah. somewhere or something. Exactly. Exactly. On my way home from the carnival, I did, um, I had, I was carrying about um, $4,300 and um, 4,000 of it, the carnies had packed for me in the middle of a sack, like in like, you know, kind of all wrapped up in a bunch of other stuff. And then I had $300 accessible for emergencies. I did get taken at um, a uh, bus station for that $300 and some change um, by somebody who had a real slick, I mean, to a fifth, well, at the time I was 16, I turned 16 in the carnival, had a real slick, like sort of con. And um, when I realized it, I kind of laughed and I was like, well, you know what, if I gave them my money that easily, then they needed it more than I did. And I've got the rest, you know, I got, you know, I got 75 cents and another six hours to get home. I'll be fine. Well, That's what we call a lesson learned, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> How'd they con you? Um, so it was, a, um, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like, will you hold my money oh. with yours while I go do this thing? And then, you know, and of course, you know, wrapped it all up and he ended up wrapping it up around a bunch of, you know, oh, so I ended up with, it was uh, $10 and 75 cents because he wrapped a 10 around a bunch of pieces of paper shaped like bills, right? And handed that to me to keep, which, you know, would have represented, you know, my money and his oh. money. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was dumb, but, you know, I was 16, oh. I was naive, I just... I just traveled the country and found, you know, amazing, wonderful people everywhere I went. <laughs> so, yeah. So that brought you back to reality a little bit. I guess. But at the same time, I'm still, I still believe most humans are innately good. And when they are not being innately good, it's because they are hurting 
or because they don't know better or because like, you know, they just can't figure out how to make the connection and they're frustrated as all get out. Right. Like I, I still believe that I, despite, you know, a bunch of crap that I've seen most people, 99.9%, that 0.1% as you and I were talking about earlier, you know, it, that can make a huge difference on, you know, the world in general, but most people, I think, really want to love and be loved. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And we talk about that a lot, too. It's like half the time when somebody wrongs you, it's not necessarily they didn't wrong you because they wronged you on purpose. They wronged you because they were trying to do something that they were interested in or they wanted or they needed. Mm-hmm. And it happened to go against something that you wanted, needed or thought. And it, it's, you know, what is it? Marcus Aurelius, if if I don't think that you've hurt me, then you haven't hurt me or something like that. You know, I'm usually a little I, bit better at the at the stoic philosophy, but that one escapes me once in a while. I agree, though. Like, and that's that's a big part of boundaries as far as I'm concerned. You know, like, I don't feel like most people are malicious. Most people are just not a good fit. Right. And that can that can harm you. It can hurt that they're not thinking that, you know, like, okay, you get into like a little relationship thing, things are going well, you know, you're thinking it's really going somewhere. They're thinking this is casual fun. Ouch. That hurts, right? Like, of course it hurts. Did they lead you on? Hard to say. I mean, we're making this up. So let's say, no, they didn't lead you on, but they also didn't specifically say, this is exactly how it is and it's never going to be anything else. So blah, 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 because they didn't know that either. Right. They're just doing what they do. Yeah. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. I just finished. Have you, have you read Matthew McConaughey's green lights yet? I have not. It's great. It like, honestly, like I, Matthew McConaughey is a, he's a great actor. He's a fine actor. Like I, I like some of the stuff that he's in, but before I read the book, I'm like, eh, now I'm like, I love the guy. Like just the, the way that he writes, the way that he talks, the life that he lived is just absolutely wild. He came from an, came from a, from an outlaw justice family where like his father broke his mother fingers for t- mother's middle finger four times just to get it out of his face. And his mom broke his dad's nose and they made love the same night. Like it's just a, it just an explosive childhood. And he, and he's in, he's somewhere in Africa and he's traveling with these two men exploring Africa and a lady of the night comes through and she's a Muslim woman. And one of the guys starts like, like basically not degrading her to her face, but degrading the idea that she is selling herself and um, the other guy is arguing against the point, and Matthew McConaughey says, "Well, no, I think he's right. I think that she should, you know, have more respect for her body." And blah blah blah. And the one guy who he was agreeing with looked at him, and and he, and he started yelling at him. He's like, "It's not about being right. It's about understanding." And it's like that. We need more of that in our society today. It's not about being right or being wrong. It's about understanding where the other person is coming from. And that, that line right there is like, whoa, that's like one of those where it hits you. Like, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, that, that is, that's one of those that gets you like, right, you know, in the solar plexus. Definitely. And that, that's, that's another thing that, you know, like I talk about when it comes to boundaries, the idea that understanding somebody else, you don't have to agree with somebody in order to understand and validate that they're allowed to hold that opinion. Um, And I think when people realize that, it makes their lives so much easier. Not just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. But like realize it in the sense that they start living that way. And it just changes your life. You're like, 
yeah, you're allowed to think whatever you want. And that's okay. You're, you're allowed to do that. Now, your behaviors as a result of those thoughts and beliefs might be incompatible with me. It's fine. Thank you very much. We've had a great time together. See you later. I feel like that's uh that's a perfect example of like uh 90% of how 90% of relationships should end versus how they yes. actually end. <laughs> right? Like all of a sudden there's knockdown dragouts and screaming and it's like yeah. if everybody would just understand where the other person is coming from, it's like it's like a roller coaster ride, right? Like when you get off the roller coaster, you're not sad. You still had the fucking ride. Exactly. Exactly. Um so the thing is, and, and this is where I think that like it really it really comes down to the idea that boundaries and ethics are two sides of the same coin. So in order to maintain good personal boundaries, you also have to value allowing others to maintain their personal boundaries, right? And once you start looking at every human as an autonomous individual that has their own boundaries and is constantly working to create their best life, whatever that is, and realizing that most people are not malicious, right? A lot of people, most humans are socialized to be manipulative, but it's not malicious or malevolent. It's just, this is what has worked to get me what I want in the past. And therefore I run that pattern in order to get what I want. And if you stop me and say, that's a harmful pattern, I'll be like, holy fudge buckets. Like, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. But it's really hard to break those patterns when they work, right? It's like teaching a dog to jump up on you by giving them lots of pets and then saying all of a sudden, you're not allowed to do this because you have muddy paws right now, right? The dog gets freaking confused. And so do our human brains. We might as well dig deep into boundaries um, since we've since we've kind of like slowly evolved into it in conversation anyways. What's a boundary? Like, I'm serious. So, start, start me like I'm a kindergartner because I may be a kindergartner in this aspect. Awesome. So I the, the, the simplest definition for boundaries from my perspective is boundaries are an expression of personal power. They are the delineation, the state lines, if you will, between this stuff is me, the things I prioritize, the things I want more of, and that stuff is not me, the stuff I don't want in my life or I want less of in my life, right? It's like, it's like your state borders. Everything inside those state borders is, you know, cheese, <laughs> right? Like this is, you know, this is, I, I like cheese. I love cheese actually. <laughs> so that's actually a really good version. Um, inside my state borders, I love cheese. I hate radishes. I don't like alcohol really much at all. I've never been drunk. Um, I hate peer pressure. I don't like it when people yell for no reason, but I love it when they yell passionately. You know, all of these things are boundaries for me. They taught up who I am and what I allow in my life and what I nourish in my life. And then everything outside of that is somebody else's shit to deal with. I love that. So how do, how does one, I guess, how does, how does one even start to identify 
where their boundaries are or what their boundaries are. Um, so usually your emotions will let you know when somebody's overstepped a boundary, right? If you're just chit-chatting with somebody and all of a sudden your anger flares up, you know that somehow, somewhere in that conversation, they have overstepped a boundary. The challenge is, well, what boundary? And is it really, um, something that you can do something about, or is that something like we were talking about? They have their beliefs and they can keep them over there. Um, so that's what I, in the, in the book, I use three, sometimes five simple steps as far as like creating a life of healthy boundaries. The first step is to set it. And so I go through the six types of boundaries. I talk about boundaries and ethics. Um, and I talk about like, here are, I think there's over 150 questions in the book just designed to get you thinking about your boundaries, right? Like, here's one for you. Do you attempt, because life, do you attempt to go to bed at around the same time every evening? That is a boundary that I personally set on my time. They're between 9 and 10 p.m., at least on what I call school nights, right? The nights before work, I am in bed. I might not be asleep yet, but I am in bed between 9 and 10 p.m. 90% of school nights. I don't like staying up too late because then I'll be groggy in the morning and I won't do my best work, right? I get to bed, I get six hours of sleep, and then I automatically wake up. This is who I am as a person. If something really important comes along, I can choose to make that boundary flexible. But overall, like all of my friends have made some sort of quip at some point, well, you go to bed at like six in the evening, right? So you can't do that. <laughs> yes, that is exaggerated, but correct. I cannot do that because I go to bed between nine and 10 in the evening. Um, you know, that's, that's a simple boundary. What about, uh, an emotional boundary? Paul, you and I were talking before the show about emotions on social media and you're like, I do not have time for even one, you know, troll to be giving me a hard time. Whereas my boundary is I will jump in if somebody's giving me a hard time, I don't really care all that much, but if somebody is giving somebody else who I feel is vulnerable a hard time, I'm going to wade in swinging, right? That's an emotional boundary for me. Then we've also got material boundaries, like your stuff, your money, your things, physical boundaries, the personal space you keep around yourself, intellectual boundaries. Those are the things like your religion, your beliefs, how you get to know the things that you know and which parts of those you make part of yourself. And then of course, the big one, sexual boundaries who you have sex with, what you're attracted to, and what kind of sex you like to have. Hmm. I'm just contemplating the different types of boundaries because I think that some of those are much more malleable, um, right? Like the, the, the intellectual boundaries, the, the more we learn, the more we explore, the more we grow, mm -hmm. the bigger and more developed our intellectual boundaries become. Um, Absolutely. But that's because I guess one thing I guess to highlight here is like these 
boundaries are your boundaries and they ebb and flow and flex and don't flex um, by your choice, not by someone else's. And that's the, that's the thing, you know, I I think each one of us, I, I know Martin Paul had said that you were in the Navy, right? So each one of us has been indoctrinated in some way, shape or form. Now, whether that was willingly I went into the Navy, I took what it could give me and I, you know, made a life out of that. Or, um, I mean, spending time with carnies, it gave me a very specific sense of in-group versus out-group, not that I knew those words at the time, um, loyalty, right? Like how do people within certain ostracized groups act loyal to themselves, right? And so there was the townies, the people at, you know, in the spaces that we went to, and they did, they deserved almost no respect. And then everybody within, you know, the carnival family was treated, well, I mean, I had 22 older brothers, right? Like they would not dare to harm me because I was family. So yeah, it's a whole thing And how somebody hands you a belief, you know, we can talk about beliefs. I'm talking with you about boundaries. Both of you are going to go away and decide how much of what I said is bullshit to you and how much of it is really worth making a part of your life. And, or I could come in and I could be like, you need to understand boundaries are critical. And if you don't have them, you're a mess. Right. And your intellectual boundaries would probably shut the garage door in my face and say, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Very true. I'm just digesting this. When you talk about emotions is what's, what lets you know somebody's imposing on your boundary. Yeah. Trying to think, is that mostly anger then? Anger, disappointment, frustration. I mean, so one of the great things about emotions is that they're there to tell us if something is not going right or if something is going very right. And so generally speaking, unless we are being physically harmed, um, boundaries are a huge part of why we experience emotions. Right. You're in a discussion with somebody about something you disagree about. And that's fine until the moment they cross a boundary and you get upset. Right. And you feel it like you feel the moment that they call you a name or they invalidate something that you say or they disrespect you by rolling their eyes or interrupting you or whatever it is. And that's when you're gonna be like, Oh, right there. There's a boundary because before that we were fine. We were validating each other. We were talking about, you know, our differences of opinions and everything was good until then. Hmm. So that's why Paul, when I call you names all the time, I can't get enough. You get an expression out of you. Yeah, that's that's totally within my. That's totally within my boundaries. It's okay. I, I grew up being called names. It's, it's 
fine. It's fine. With and me. also as a Stoic, right? <laughs> you know, if you actually ascribe to Stoicism, then names, they don't really mean a whole lot. Whereas other people, so funny story. Uh, last year, I, I was 49 last year. I turned 50 just a couple of weeks ago. And um, in my 49th year, I got genetic tested. And it turns out that, you know, I had this really nasty gene that was going to do some really racked things to my body. So I had a bunch of surgeries. And going into these surgeries, I was talking with my partner. And um, I was saying to him, I said, yeah. And then, you know, once this surgery happens, da, 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 da. And then when I go into my convalescence, yeah, I want to do this, that, and the other. He's like, can we not use that word? I don't like that word. Like what word? Convalescence? Yeah. It, it, it sounds like an old person's home and like, you're not going to get better. And I'm like, okay, what word would you like me to use? You know, recovery. He's like, I really like recovery better. Okay. Right. That simple. But, and that's, that's, you know, that's a very good way to handle a boundary, but you know, like, let's say that, it's done the other way, the way it happened when we were kids, right? And somebody, you know, was like, okay, we're, you know, we're six and seven years old. And I'm like, ah, ha, ha, it's Polly Poo Poo. And you're like, don't, don't call me that. Ah, ha, ha. You know, we do this even as adults. What? It's just a stupid name. Why are you getting upset? If it hurts, if it harms, if it's a boundary, then for me, I'd rather just change the way I speak for somebody. Like I'd rather recognize each individual in my life as they want to be seen, unless that's incompatible with my life. And then I just say, thank you so much. We're not a good fit. But th this in-between stuff of trying to like convince people that, you know, I know better than they, what they should be called or, you know, how they should be referred to or anything like that. That is not within my ethical parameters. That's an interesting, it's an, it's an interesting idea of it's easier because I am aware of, I'm basically you're saying I am more, more aware of what is going to bother you and I can change what I'm outputting rather than you can be aware that I'm not meaning what you're feeling and you can change how you feel it. It's right. basically the, right. it's, it's like the grand wizard of being the bigger person, basically. Well, I, I'm not even sure. I wouldn't necessarily consider it the bigger person. I would just say that if I like you and I have you in my life, why would I want to harm you or even annoy you on a regular basis. Like, and so like I hang out with dudes a lot and, you know, I know that whole, like, we're just joking or whatever. And I can go down that path and that's fun, but you also know, and I know y'all dudes know this, you know, when the dagger is actually hitting the mark and you can choose to either continue hurting your friend, right? Or back up off that shit and keep on the parts that aren't painful. Well, yeah, see, For me, ethically, I'd rather not hurt somebody like that. If I'm going to hurt somebody, it's going to be because, like, 
they done some shit. Not just because I can. One of the things that you're kind of overpassing here with our dudeness is that <laughs> we evolved to test people. We evolved Absolutely. to test and understand that if we get in some shit, if we get in some real, real, real deep, dark, dirty shit, I know that this dude over here who I was stabbing, like stabbing fucking hard, and he was like, eh, whatever. I know that dude's got my fucking back versus I, and I if I started that. stabbing I, a little bit and you got sensitive, I'm not going to, I'm not leaning on that dude. So I think the difference is, is I don't see like, again, if I call you Polly poo poo and you're like, I really don't like that. You know, for me, I'm like, okay, you don't like that. That is not for me going to determine whether or not you are going to come to my rescue if some dude tries to like take me out in a, in a dark alley, right? Like that. I'm not going. I'm not going to if Polly Poo Poo bothers me. I promise, I am not going to protect you. Like I. But I mean, I, there's there's a lot of things. Like let's just say in your relationship, right? Yeah. You get into a relationship and there's something that your ex used to do. That just annoys the fuck. It's not a sensitivity issue. It just annoys the fudge sickles out of you. Like you are just every time it happens, your teeth start grinding and whatever. And I'm like, you know, I like you. I want to like keep dating you. And that means to me, and this is entirely selfish. I want you to be happy when you're around me. I want to build the best relationship possible. I want to collaborate on creating our best freaking lives ever. And that kind of annoyance, let's save that up. Life is going to annoy us, right? We're a team. We're, you know, and that's kind of what I mean. Like, I'm not like, yeah. I'm not the type of person. I'm not a sensitive person in most ways. Most things are not going to bother me. And... If things do bother me, generally I know how to handle that shit myself. But I also appreciate knowing that people have my back in that way, emotionally as well, right? And I know every single one of the people that I count on has my back emotionally, physically, sexually, you know, finance, whatever it is, because... I have theirs. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. So, and it's, again, it's just two different ways of looking at life and yeah. your way works for you. And that's beautiful. Sometimes that doesn't work for people and mine's an alternative. And it's also, well, and it's, it's not like, it's not necessarily my way. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's emotional intelligence, right? It's knowing, yeah. it's knowing where to test, where not to test. It's knowing who to push, who not to push. It's knowing, um, what is okay to say and bring up and question and contemplate. And you, you know, who you can have the, um, you know, God is real conversation with, and you know, who not to bring it up with, you know, who you can talk about open relationships and, and, kinky sex with and who you can't. And it's, it's, it's all emotional intelligence. But after we, um, start to identify, cause I think realistically, if you're a self, um, internalizing intelligent person and self-realization type person, you understand 
pretty much <clears throat> where your boundaries are. So after we've kind of identified or at least started to identify where our boundaries are, where do we go from there? So the second step is say it. This is where we communicate our boundaries to somebody else. Just like, hey, I don't like the name Polly Poo Poo. Please don't use it, right? Say it. Third step, then you review it. You have your AAR, your after action report, right? And this might be just you. You watch to see if they stop saying it, right? Or it might be that you had a conversation with somebody and now you talk to each other about how that conversation went, right? It can, it, it can span the gamut. But I, I talk about, you know, how the after action report works and how to see if, you know, somebody has taken your boundary to heart. Those are, the, those are the three steps. And then there's two optional steps, depending on how things go. If things don't go so well, the fourth step is you repeat it. Maybe that language wasn't, you know, it didn't get through to them. Maybe it was a bad time to talk to them about the boundary. Um, maybe they don't, as you said earlier, understand, right? So you can choose to repeat it, maybe this time getting a little deeper into what bothers you. And then step five is if things still don't get better, then the only option you have, because you're the only person that you have control over, is change. You can change what you accept. <laughs> you can change the relationship or how you engage, whatever, but change. So we have a pretty heavy um, male-dominated audience, I'd say. We're about 90-10. Um, what are some ways that especially, I guess, more provide and protect type males can kind of implement this to improve their mental health, improve their emotional intelligence, improve their relationships? So think about... So quick side story, because I think that this will be interesting and relevant. Back in the 2000 aughts, I was enjoying my time online and stumbled across the pickup artist community and ended up spending time in the pickup artist community. And um, I met a lot of people who ran the game, right? And I also met people who kind of came in and supported the guys who wanted the pickup artist community to help them connect with people that they could spend their lives with. Right. Like and I ended something? up being a part. What's that? Is this like hitch or something? I guess I'm not. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like hitch. And um, I ended up being a part of a like men's dominance forums for years and years. I'm still on there every once in a while. Boundaries are the epitome of the self-assured human. So setting a boundary and maintaining it is one of the ways that we create self-confidence. And it's also how we authentically present ourselves to others. So provide and protect. One of the challenges when, I, when I'm like coaching, um, in fact, <laughs> Most of my clients are men um, because it's they're the ones who feel like they have improvement to do in relationships, right? A lot of women have improvement to do as well, but they don't think that they do. So men, anyway, 
the provide and protect man oftentimes has really crappy boundaries in um, the uh, material side of things and the time side of things. Like they give up their personal time, their dude bro time, their physical activity time for whoever they get into a relationship with. And then they start, you know, providing with money that they may or may not have reams and reams of, right? And they get out of these relationships feeling used and abused because this person came in and took all their time and isolated them from their friends and didn't allow them to do this and that the other thing. And then all of a sudden, once all of these things were so engaged, that person also then started, you know, maybe cutting back on the sexuality and the affection and the parts that really made it worthwhile. And he's in provide and protect mode, trying to make it better so that, you know, she gives the same that she gave at the beginning and he just keeps pouring it in. Now, the same thing happens from the other side of things, right? You know, like every gender has their challenges, but when it comes to masculine people, the challenges are really, okay, you know, I'm going to give all of this stuff because what most of the men that I know really want is physical affection, sexuality, and love in their relationships. Sometimes not without, sometimes not the love, sometimes the physical affection and the sexuality is enough for like a, a really strong relationship and love sort of like, okay, well, that's nice too, right? <laughs> that's fine. But in order to get that, they get into these patterns of giving. Like in fact, so much so that a lot of men will start a dating conversation with how much they make or what car they drive or whatever in order to show I have material to offer, right? And those are often the men who then get used for that material because they don't have good boundaries around what they are willing to give in whatever relationship they're, they're experiencing, right? Are they getting, so my definition, my definition of a successful relationship is two people getting far more out of the relationship than they put in. So no matter how much I give you, we are compatible enough and engaged enough with each other that what you reflect back to me is more for me, right? So if you think about like the, the love languages, you know, love language of touch, that's not my love language, but I know if I've got somebody who enjoys touch and that fills them up, then reaching out and petting them on a regular basis, just, you know, touching their shoulders, you know, telling them, you know, how much I enjoy, you know, you know, touching their muscles or whatever it is, that for me is super simple. You know, it's a couple of seconds of time and for them fills them up, right? So 
the vice, the, the opposite would be true. They can say something like, oh my goodness, you know, you are so pretty today and, you know, pat my butt. And that fills me up because I want to be attractive to them. And that is a need, right? So knowing yourself, what are you willing to give at different stages of a relationship? Who are you willing to be? Are you even interested in a relationship or are you really just looking, you know, for casual encounters? And if you're looking for a casual encounters, then be entirely upfront about that. I am absolutely looking for casual encounters and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be friends and go out to the movies and have good date nights and stuff like that. But really I, I'm looking for good sex and a good sexual partner stating that sort of thing up front will then attract the partners who are interested in that rather than trying to like give and give and give in order to get this stuff and sort of keep the whole casual thing under wraps, right? Because then I might not get what I want. So if you have these guys that realize that they are, um, they have dog shit boundaries, right? They, they're, <laughs> they're realizing that they provide um, whether it be emotional support, time, money, energy, whatever they're providing, they provide, um, realistically a lot, a, a lot of people provide more than what they actually have to give. Absolutely. They, they, they borrow from their own bank. They borrow from their energy levels. They borrow from their emotional levels to give, um, so much. How do they, how do they start to get that shit in check? I, I, it's step one, right? Let's look at what your boundaries are. Let's look at the different types of boundaries you can have. Let's ask ourselves some questions. So I've got the book, um, take no shit, which is out. I also have, uh, it's out on Google right now. We're waiting for uh, it to be reviewed on Apple, but take no shit, a daily boundaries journaling app, which asks those questions as well. And it's free. You can just go in and answer boundaries questions, right? Um, I have a workshop, which is, so the book is like, here's all about boundaries. You can learn it. This is like your DIY. The workshop is kind of like, buckle up, bitches. We're setting boundaries. Like we are doing it here in the workshop. And then um, I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. So for those people who have, Usually the best people for coaching are those who have a very specific goal, right? They know they want to find XYZ relationship, or maybe I have a lot of people who have just gotten out of XYZ relationship. And what they really want to do is explore the world. Maybe they want to like go to some sex parties or, you know, see what it's like to really date a lot of different types of women and to do it in a way that makes them feel good, ethical, right? They're not sneaking around trying to, trying to get things out of people. They are meeting women whose heads are at where their head is at and connecting and exploring things that, you know, they've always maybe thought about, or they saw some porn about it at one point or whatever and now that they're out of a relationship, they want to see what their best life looks like. How does, well, I guess at the end, I'll get all your contact information for everybody. 
but we we kind of we dabbled on this alternative lifestyle coaching which is a not a previous life but a separate life than your boundaries coaching and boundaries book but they I see where they're completely intertwined but I also understand with the way humans are that you don't just kind of throw it all out there but what does what what did what did that part of your life look like as far as coaching and teaching and introducing people to that kind of stuff. You know, it's funny because that part of my life looked a lot part a lot like this part of my life. It's all about <clears throat> if you're going to do wild sexy things. Now, Martin, I know like if you were in the navy, do you ever go to Bangkok? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, or do you ever go to Germany to like the clubs there or whatever, right? If you're going to do wild, crazy things, you want to know the people you're with have your back. You want to know they're ethical. You want to know they know the rules, right? How really is that any different from your life? You want to know that the people that you're with have your back, that they will not violate your consent and harm you, that you can talk to them about what they need to know and know that they're going to listen and they're going to pay attention to keep you and them safe, emotionally safe, physically safe, sexually safe, financially safe, whatever. It's the same freaking thing as far as I'm concerned. It's just that some people are living life screaming down the side of a mountain on a mountain bike at, you know, 65 miles per hour. Some of them are going to a dungeon and hitting each other. Some of them are dating multiple people or going to swingers parties. And some of them are, you know, traveling to other countries and preaching the good word, right? We all have our choices. We live, every single one of us lives our choices, lives our priorities. And sometimes we wish we were living others. And if we can just realize that whatever the priorities that people choose, people who do them the best, the masters of these things, do them from a position of good boundaries and ethics and they choose people around them who also have good boundaries and ethics, right? Because that's who you can trust. I can tr if I can trust you to say no to me if something is going to harm you or if you don't like something, then I am going to trust you if I need to say no to you, right? Because that's how people who care about these things, treat each other. And from there, what I, I like to say, what would be possible if, and this is getting a little deeper and a little bit more like emotional, but what would be possible in your relationships if you knew, this is friendships, family, whatever, if you knew that the other person would never, ever hurt you intentionally. Never, not for funsies, not for like, never hurt you intentionally. Like the world would be a radically different place, right? Because, and, and I'm not saying that 
you know, people who hurt each other intentionally are not necessarily bad people. This is, you know, we, well, I mean, I got to test them or they called me a name. I'm going to call them a name in return, right? Like I got to punch back. I can't just take all of this. But if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that every person in your life was there for you to the extent that you had created that relationship and you knew exactly what that was, how would life be different? You know, that's what I try to create in my life. And whether you are being, you know, BDSME, Dom Subby, whatever it is, or whether, you know, we're getting together at an internet marketing conference and, you know, discussing a deal, knowing what our boundaries are, being able to state them and engage with each other authentically is going to help. Perfect. I watched a quick video. We're already at, we're at 46 minutes, 49 minutes. I can't even see my calendar or my clock, but I watched one of your videos about the three brains. Yeah. Talk us through that. Walk us through that, what it is and, and how it's applicable. So um, the three brains are safe brain, drive brain and threat brain. Safe brain is the brain where you are, you know, laying in bed, everything is nice and cozy. You feel completely relaxed. Maybe you just had some sexy times and you're like, oh yeah, this is the best that life gets, right? You feel totally and completely secure and safe. Drive brain. Drive brain is the really celebrated brain. This is the go get them brain, right? Like this is the, I am going to build things. I am going to make money. I am going to compete. I am never, ever still, right? I am doing the things, right? That's drive brain. Threat brain. Threat brain is the part of your brain that tells you you're not good enough. They don't really love you. They didn't mean it when they said those nice things. They're going to hurt you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And a big portion of our lives is harmed by overactive threat brain, right? Because, I mean, how many of our relationship arguments start spiraling out of control because one or both of us go into threat brain instead of engaging with each other from safe brain, right? Instead of, and that's, that, that goes right back to the, if you know that I will never intentionally hurt you without cause, right? If you know that, then you can be in safe brain when I say, hey, this thing you did, I didn't like it. Instead of going into, oh, now they're about to break up with me and they're going to say hurtful things and they're rejecting me and all of these things, you know, if you can reduce your threat brain by engaging with good boundaries and ethics with the people that you, you engage with, then you have a lot more chance to spend time in safe brain. And then for those like entrepreneurs and go-getters out there, you also have a lot more resources left over for drive, right? If you're not constantly worrying about things or anxious about things or, you know, thinking that things are going to go wrong, you can get a lot more shit done. 
some of us have an overactive drive brain and never really get into safe brain. We're yeah. just constantly in drive brain. It can be really, really hard, especially, you know, entrepreneurial mindset. You know, I was, I was literally yesterday afternoon laying and I had said, I have to not be working. And I am laying there and I have the TV on and I am thinking, but I could be doing this work thing. And I also thought, and I really want to be doing this work thing. Like I want to be working on this thing because I'm passionate about it. And my brain needs to rest. It really does. Like I don't want to rest it, but it needs to rest. So I rested it. And I fought with myself about it. I really, really did. So I get that. I do. All three brains are important. Threat brain is a part of our emotional system, right? Like if something starts feeling wrong, it's our threat brain that sends the emotions, the feelings that we need to know, hey, something about what that person said isn't right. Maybe they're not telling the whole truth right? Threat brain is important. We can't completely get rid of threat brain. We can't completely get rid of all of our negative emotions. We don't want to. What we want is to, you know, and then this goes into the stoicism thing. How do we react to them? You know, how do we allow the people in our lives to create those emotions in us or to um, inspire those emotions in us? Perfect. Why don't you tell everybody? Well, you got anything else, Martin? No, I'm just uh, soaking a lot of stuff that's some of it's all over my head too. So <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> I must You'll have be... to go back and listen to this one a few times. I'm in a navy bubble or something. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you give everybody your contacts, um, where to find you, where the best place to get the book is, and how to. I guess what the app was called again, please. So the book is Take No Shit. The app is Take No Shit. Only the shit for the app is spelled star, 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 star. Um, the book is spelled Take No S-H star T. Um, but you can find both of them linked from my.curiouser.life. You can find our social media from there. You can find the book. You can find the workshop. You can find coaching. You can find the app. You can find me going, Hey, nice to meet you. Um, you can find links to the podcast that we are, well, that I am doing. Um, I have a small team. I tend to talk in we a lot, but, uh, the podcast that I'm doing, I'm posting those on there as well. I've got a, a section specifically where, you know, Hey, you want to go listen to other podcasts where I talk about boundaries in different ways because, one of the things I love about boundaries is that each person I talk to brings out different aspects of them because they're such an integral part of life. And um, that's why I wrote this book first. And then the next book that I've already started outlining is Actions Speak Louder Than Words or Do They? How We Kill Our Relationships with Talking Too Much. Yeah, I can I back that up 100%. Um, give you an idea. I, I guess I should have st actually started out with this, but the, the reason this, the, the, the podcast is the squared away podcast is we try to educate and inspire people 
to constantly improve their four pillars of their life, which are their physical, their emotional, their mental, and their spiritual intelligence. And um, so we, because we are dudes and because we're gym bros and because we're into fitness <laughs> and because we're into all of that stuff, we are not always leaning so heavily into the emotional pillar um, and we lack on it a little bit. So um, when I came across you, I was like, yes, 100% need to get her on here. This will be great to give us some real meat in that emotional pillar. So um, thank you very much. And guys, go ahead and go to the website, even if this isn't something you're interested in, because like I told Heather at the beginning, everything is very aesthetically pleasing. Her marketing flows very well. It's very, um, it's very attractive to the eye. Everything looks like it goes together. A lot of these, t- a lot of these things that I come across, it's like one person had somebody on Fiverr design one thing and then another person oh, over okay. here design one thing and they just don't flow and all of her stuff flows very well. So just take a look at it and whatever, but thank That's you very right. much. Come tell me how nicely my graphics flow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. Thank you again very much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Heather.